9 o'clock. Thanks for joining us. Jim along with the Buckeye Boy. From the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Well, thank Will Applegate, Grand Junction High School, for coming on. Our Scotty's Complete Car Care Center Athlete of the Week. This Athlete of the Week brought to you by Scotty's Complete Car Care Center, located at 437 Pitkin Avenue. Everything from an oil change to fixing the heater in your car, truck, or SUV, diesel, they deal with it all. At Scotty's Complete Car Care Center, call them at 970-245-0101 or scottyscompleteautorepair.com. Stop by and see them today. All right. So, if you got some thoughts on Broncos coaching search, also Nikola Jokic surpassing Alex English for the assist record and did it in 269 fewer games than Alex English. Miko Rantanen, Fastest Avalanche player to 30, ga- 30 goals in a season. One game quicker than Joe Sackick. Which do you think is the more impressive feat? What Jokic did or what Miko Rantanen did last night. Both the Avalanche and Nuggets getting wins last night. So send that to us today. Broncos coaching search. Looks like Dan Quinn will be interviewed by the Broncos tomorrow. And Miley Sports Radio's Cody Rourke, he joined us yesterday on the program. And Cody seems to think that we're probably going to see some kind of decision announced on Monday that's going to be that fast. And with a press conference on Tuesday, here's uh, Cody Rourke, who joined us yesterday. With Jim Harbaugh bowing out of it on Monday, Sean Payton right now seems like the most sense. So I think Denver right now is probably the more appealing position to go to if you're Sean Payton, and the asking price is something that Den- Denver is willing to match. I think right now Sean Payton is the leading favorite. All right, so you can hear that complete interview by going to our website, theteam1340.com. It's also on our Facebook page and our Twitter feed as well if you want to check that out. So uh, text or call us today, Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team, phone line 970-242-1340. And uh, the RMAC baseball poll released this week. What a shock that Colorado Mesa... Once again, the the favorite to win the RMAC regular season title. Looking for their 11th straight conference championship. We had the chance to catch up with the skipper, Chris Hanks. Talking CMU baseball with Mav skipper Chris Hanks on the team. Joining us right now on the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line. He is the head coach of the Maverick baseball team, Chris Hanks. Chris, good morning. How you doing? I'm great, guys. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. We should start out with a congratulations to you, by the way. Uh, named the NCAA Division II Chair of the American Baseball Coaches Association. A very distinguished honor. It's a three-year term, by the way, with an option to be re-elected, re-elected after for an additional three years. What does this mean for you, Chris, to, to, to reach this position to be the chair of the ABCA? Well, it's actually... Uh it gives an opportunity to have a voice. It, it, it allows me to be on the um, executive committee for all of college baseball, um, all the different divisions and levels. And as you try to make policy or make the game better or make improvements and adjustments, it gives you a voice. And, uh, you know, I guess it would give me a chance to try to advance uh, Division Two baseball a little bit in all regards from how the World Series is conducted to – Again, policy, procedure, and 
and things of that nature that, uh, you know, can just make the game better. So you've been to, to three World Series. Uh, what, I'm sorry, four, excuse me. Thank you. It's it's Tuesday, Chris. <laughs> it's my Monday. It's four. Don't, don't, don't take a World Series from me. I'm sorry. I bet Ten. You've been to ten. Let's just give you ten. Uh, I wish. <laughs> I'm hoping for you, maybe. You know, get really hot here the next uh, several years. Who knows? But uh, you've been to four now. And now that you're in this position, you said to, to suggest changes to things like the World Series. What would be some of those things you might suggest uh, now that you're, you're the chair of the ABCA? Well, quite honestly, you know, I just came off being on the National Selection Committee um, uh, for Division Two, which whether, you know, in 19, which was my first year, we were there playing, so I didn't really get to be on the committee. And then 2020 was COVID. There wasn't one. So the last two years when we haven't qualified, I've had I've gone out there. And, you know, there are some things, uh, you know, the, the committee works with the Greater Raleigh uh, Sports Commission along with USA Baseball and the NCAA because the event is held, uh, you know, at the uh, base, USA Baseball Training Complex. And, what I've been trying to convince them is to model the Junior College World Series. There's some very simple things they can get going out there that would help the attendance, which is an issue because it's, you know, anytime you start something in a new place, it takes a while to, or to gain traction. But something as simple as getting the, uh, the, the service uh, organizations involved hosting teams, I've recommended that, and they, they haven't uh, moved with that yet this gives me more ability to uh, you know get some small changes like that going and get them on the way to having a long sustainable event which does draw and which is a big deal to that town of Cary. Cover Mesa baseball coach Chris Hanks with us today on the team sports network so the uh, preseason uh, rankings are out collegiate baseball newspaper has their their top 40 d2 schools uh, voted by the coaches of each of the eight NCAA Division II regions, and uh, you're the number 15 team in the nation, 43-17 and 17 last year, 10th straight RMAC uh, conference title, 13th straight trip to the NCAA tournament, 21st appearance overall, so uh, a sensational year once again last year for your Maverick baseball team. We're so accustomed to you being a top-five team, sometimes even a top-three team, but considering who you've lost, just, just a few guys like, I don't know, Hayden McGeary, Caleb Farmer, Spencer Bramwell, some some pretty important bats in your lineup that I don't think it's a big surprise that when you lose that kind of talent, you're probably not going to be a, a top-five team in the in the first uh, rankings of the season. Yeah, I mean, and quite honestly, uh, I was surprised we were even as high as 15. So, uh, not that, you know, that's a promotional poll. It has no bearing on anything other than publicity. But, yeah, I was a little bit surprised we were that high uh, with, you know, the, the losses that you mentioned, which, you know, accounted. Those guys helped account for a lot of our wins over the last four or five years. And um, so, you know, moving into this year, we do have a we have a new team positionally. We have seven of our nine starters will be brand new, um, you know, and our pitching staff will be retooled a little bit, but I think for the better. Uh, and so this we embark on a – a new challenge, and along with that, I think we maybe have the toughest early season schedule to begin the year that we've ever had in my time here. And like I said, I mean, you look at who you've lost. I mean, a, a Hayden McGarry, you know, National Player of the Year, K 
Caleb Farmer, uh, you know, Spencer Bramwell, Johnny Carr, you know, that, that are just, you know, were, were key, you know, guys for you. Chase Hamilton, who was such a big yep. part of your middle infield, Jordan Stubbings at, at first base, that, you know, and Matthew Turner in the outfield. And I mean, now there's this pressure on a guy like Harrison Rogers, Julian Boyd, guys that, that played a lot for you last year that are those. Returning guys, Conrad Villaforte, you know, back as well. So, I mean, now it falls to those guys to be some of your offensive leaders in 2023. Yeah, you know, and I, I don't, uh, we're going to be a little different style team. We're going to dial back the clock to, you know, 2013, 14 through probably about 19 uh, when we uh, stole more bases, we bunted more often, we really played the execution game of manufacturing runs, uh, uh, you know, and those were the teams that uh, made it to the World Series and did well when they got there. So we'll be tooled up a little more for that style of play, more so than the grip it and rip it, hit doubles and home runs. At least that's what I believe right now. So as we start this year, you know, that's more kind of the focus and how we're going to attempt to build this team. Godwin Mesa baseball coach Chris Hanks with us today on the Team Sports Network and a couple other guys that saw time last year that uh, will certainly, I think, you know, we'll see more uh, more innings this year as well. Stevenson Reynolds, former Palisade Bulldog, Robert Sherrar, a couple guys that hit over 300 last year in, uh, you know, in the, the limited duty that they had. And so those are two guys, once again, Chris, that you're going to hope to see growth and improvement here in 2023 from those two. Yeah, you know, there's a host of those kids that backed up all the players that you had mentioned earlier that, you know, probably should have played more. We probably should have played them more uh, last year. Uh, and those are kids that in many cases have waited two years now uh, to get their opportunity to shine and be a start in a starting role. Uh, and they handled themselves very gracefully and uh, as a team player, as a backup, as a role player. And now they have the opportunity to step to the forefront. So, you know, it's added a little freshness, some excitement within our organization. Those kids are, you know, really excited to play. Uh, And, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll be better. You just don't know. We'll be a different style, and we have new faces, but I can tell you we have good people. Godwin Mesa, baseball coach Chris Hanks with us today on the Team Sports Network looking at your pitching from last year. You, you lose some guys that uh, you know threw a lot of innings for you. Were, were really great parts of the rotation and bullpen with with a guy like Ryan Day, most notably. Uh, but Cannon Handy last year, uh, you know, had a, a sensational season for you. Uh, Blake Rom also uh, pitched really well for you last year. There's some guys that return in that uh, in that rotation and from that bullpen that uh, that played key roles for you last year that you hope will play even bigger roles here this season. Well, yeah, that's exactly the case, uh, and I think that, uh, you know, as we go into this, we, we kind of feel as though our pitching maybe is going to be much improved. We, we really spent a lot of time recruiting uh, on the mound. We got some good arms in, some power arms, some finesse guys. I think, we, I think we're very deep, uh, and if these kids uh, can really execute, on the mound, I mean, I really think we have the chance to have one of the best pitching staffs we've ever had, provided they are able to perform at the level we know they're capable of. So pitching ought to be, you know, maybe our strength this year. 
Chris Angs, coach of the Maverick baseball team, uh, joining us. Uh, Mavericks uh, will get the season started at uh, Azusa Pacific, actually home against Azusa Pacific on February 9th. So uh, the Mavericks will uh, get that chance to to get things going over at uh, Bergman Field, at the, the Diamond at the Bergman Sports Complex. And so you had a nice stretch here, Chris, early on of of home games, Azusa Pacific, uh, Southern New Hampshire. It's going to be a big one coming in. I know you and I have talked previously that's you know number six team in the nation. Uh, those are some big games early on that you'll have over at the Diamond. Yeah, well, Azusa Pacific's a power program out of the West. They uh, they lost in the Super Regional in the West, just as we did in the South Central region. Uh, and then the next weekend we play Southern New Hampshire. They finished fifth at the World Series last year and have a good amount of their club back. Uh, we go up to Northwest Nazarene, who lost in the regional championship game. And then later in the year on our bye week, we have Rollins University out of Florida uh, coming in. They finished third at the World Series. So, um, you know, from a non-league standpoint, uh, at least on paper, and those programs, we'll have our hands full. Hey, Chris, always appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Of course, we'll have Maverick Baseball on the team, CMU Sports Network, here very, very soon. Appreciate it, Chris. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. You too. All right, Chris Hanks, coach of the Cutter Mesa Mavericks baseball team. RMAC coaches poll came out this week, and like I said, what a, what a shock. Once again, they're picked to win the RMAC, even losing Hayden McGeary and Spencer Bramwell and Jordan Stubbings and Matthew Turner and all that talent they lost from uh, that team that uh, once again went to the NCAA postseason last year. All right, uh, Jim along with the Buckeye Boy today. Text or call us, 970-242-1340. They've got a lot of uh, response on which which is more impressive, Nikola Jokic surpassing Alex English for the franchise's all-time assist record or Miko Randon mm-hmm. surpassing Joe Sackick for the fastest avalanche player to 30 goals in a season. We know we're on. We gave away the who is it beer <laughs> yeah. an hour ago. It's been a quiet day today. Yeah. Maybe everybody's like me. They're a little checked out. A little bit of senioritis, you know. What, everybody's going on their vacation or honeymoon? Maybe t- just tomorrow? everybody's taking a nice breath, realizing well, that they're so. going to have seven shows without me coming up. So maybe everybody's just taking a little breather, you know, or on a break. I'm okay with you, that. You will be missed. Eh. Not necessarily. I, okay, this is kind of like the how content the I bring to the show. This is how, it's like the description of the meeting between Greg Penner and Sean Payton. Yeah. Well, everybody's got a lot. What am I supposed to say at this point? Right. Like, he's not going to be here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going on vacation either way. The content, right. what I br- bring verbally to the show, it eh, maybe not be missed. It's all, no, it's all it's the other random crap that that is going to be missed. It's like, oh, I got to do this and this because... He's gone. Not just you, but other people. They're like, yeah. oh, man. Well, they're just going to back? To, they're just gonna have to suck it yeah. up. Suck it up, Buttercup. Like, oh, I got to do this and that and the whole thing. He's coming back, right? You're going to yeah. have a great time. You're gonna I'm going to have, gonna have, have a, a blast. Of a time. It's and hopefully so Karen will have a good time, too. Eh, she might. Let's hope. Hopefully she doesn't have to spend she most will, of her time babysitting you. I'm going to have a great time, and she's also going to be there. Let's put it on. <laughs> so... It's been, not, hard, it's been hard to wait because yeah. you got married in June. I'm going to drink June. a lot of beer and stay out all night. You got married in June. Has it been hard to wait to go on a trip on, an, on a honeymoon for this yes, long? Yes and no. 
it doesn't really, f I mean, it feels like the honeymoon, but it doesn't because it's been seven months now, right? The other part of it is she asked me about middle of October of 21. She's like, you got 15 months till you turn 40. What do you, what do you want to do? And immediately I was like, I want to go to St. Martin. So I've really been waiting on this for 15 months. Okay. And then we got engaged and married in that time frame. So it started so as a birthday trip. It was trip. a 40th birthday trip. And then it was like, well, we want to go here anyway. Let's just roll that into a honeymoon as well. And it all worked out. So the honeymoon is not over yet. No. Because it hasn't happened yet. Oh, and it won't be ever because I'm fantastic. And she's great too. And sh that guy yeah. needs to chill out. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad you have so much good, confidence buddy. in yourself. Yeah, and how charming you are. I am. Oh my! God. Oh my God! Oh my God! Wonderful you are to be around. I'm with me all the time. I'm a delight. I, I'm just gonna start calling her Saint Karen. I just think because I think she's a saint. She has to be a saint. Yeah. And this she comes is. from personal experience. Lots of years of being around you. Yeah, more than her. More than her. Yeah. She never asked my opinion. Nope. Probably a good thing for you that she did. Kind of know what it was like. If he gets arrested, eh, let him sit there for a couple of days. Well, I said, are you sure? So, yeah. You really, really want to bail him out right Are now. you sure that you want to get into this? Mm -hmm. Do you understand yeah. the task that you're taking on by, you by get it and you being connected will. to him? Yeah. In any way, shape, or form, do you understand? Yep. Not only is it the name, which she had a lot of fun trying to sign the first few weeks, but it's everything else that comes with it. This charming personality, every day, all day. Multiple times a week, I get the, I can't deal with you right now. <laughs> Whatever do you mean? Yeah, I... I know. I, I, yeah. I've had those thoughts. Like, and you probably had them about me as well. I shouldn't shouldn't say that. Oh, I've had them about me. I under, I'm with me all the time. I know. There are times that I'm I'm insufferable. It's usually oh, after I'm, I win something. I, I I agree with you on that. But I also that can be said about me as well yeah. at times. The same could be said about me on many. I've been occasions. trying to get her to play Trivial Pursuit for four years, and she says no every time because I know too much random crap. But she also made a misstep. She bought me a baseball trivia game that she now has to play with me on one of our flights in the next week. So, there is that. That will technically be her fault because I'm using one of my birthday presents to entertain myself. You guys ever thought about, well, you have to have more than two people to play cards against humanity. Oh, we play quite a bit, yeah. Okay. With the various friend groups, family groups. We have all sorts of those card games. We played some uh, late into the evening Saturday night, I believe. That's oh, okay. what the rumor was. I'm kind of <laughs> hazy on the details. But um, we played a little bit Saturday night, I think. Yeah, see, if we, I think if we would have known that, we might have stayed a little bit long. I mean, we were there for quite a while. Yeah, you guys were there for a long time. Early to arrive, late to leave. Because we good. do enjoy playing cards against yeah. humanity. So, Well, it, this wasn't necessary. It was a similar-esque. It was okay, a do uh, you know. It's like a personal quiz game for the group. Oh, okay. It was, okay. It was interesting, but I don't really remember how it turned out, obviously. 
Got a couple of texts from Don this morning on the Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line. Thank you, Don. Yeah, Don thanks. Don uh, chiming in today. Good morning, gentlemen. Just happy that we have two Colorado athletes that are breaking records and we're not completely in the toilet. Also excited for Rio vacation for him and the craziness of the guest co-hosts. Uh, yeah. Which is pretty much pretty much cake. cake. Yeah, I don't know if Max will be in. You Probably never not. know the stories that cake is going to bring, though. The Tyler friends and drinking game can get out of control quickly. We didn't get a chance to play it Saturday night because, well, we were already playing a random drinking game. We may bring in, just for the heck of it, a couple of special guests. We'll see. Yeah, sure. We'll see what not? happens. This summer, I know we're going to try to do that a little mm-hmm. bit. Bring in some folks. And multiple people to try to fill the void left by my absence. That's right. Just not one. Not one. Not two. It takes a village to replace the Buckeye boy. So you don't get this asinineness with just one person. That's that's very true. All right. We will take a break and we'll come back with more. Text or call us 970-242-1340. The Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. Good morning, gentlemen. What are the haps? The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Nine twenty-four, Jim and the Buckeye Boy, Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. So the Broncos are scheduled to interview D'Amico Ryans today. Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn tomorrow. They've already talked to Sean Payton and Raheem Morris. They talked to both uh, Payton and uh, Morris Tuesday when uh, Greg Penner, Rob Walton, Mm -hmm. and George Payton went out to Los Angeles. So with the Broncos... Not not announcing at this point in time because I've read a couple of, of articles where you know, everything's really positive, but then, well, they they haven't announced yet that, that it's going to be Sean Payton. Maybe right. things are going badly. Maybe Payton doesn't want this job, and it's just this almost oh my gosh panicky kind of thing that he just yeah. didn't Breathless. immediately on Tuesday go. Oh, I want the job. Call Mickey Loomis. Make the deal. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Let's ride. Why should we expect Sean Payton or the Broncos to already at this moment go, yep, that's our guy? Aren't Look, even if Payton is is committed, says, yeah, I'm in, why wouldn't you take the time? Which I don't think he did because they, they probably would have canceled the interviews. Mm-hmm. But if he was like, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested, you know, let me give, give me a couple days, whatever. I, I still, you, you want to talk to Dan Quinn. You, I think you want to talk to D'Amico Ryans. I, I, once again, D'Amico Ryans is kind of like a Giro Vero. I have my my doubts yeah. because I think two two young, promising, you know, future head coaches in this league that just for this franchise at this moment, it's not the right time. There's another guy that's now freshly on the unemployment line that might slot into that group of guys too. You know, young coordinator candidates that maybe one Byron Leftwich who just got canned by the Buccaneers is their OC uh but I mean if you're the Broncos and the ownership group and George Payton and everybody I'm not going to go through the list of names sure every time if you're them one 
to interview others in good faith. You can't come out and be like, Sean Payton's our guy, but we're going to talk to Dan Quinn. Right. Or Sean Payton's our guy the second he leaves the building, but you've already talked to D'Amico Ryans, and he's sitting there like, so what? I just wasted my time. I'm preparing for playoff games, and you wasted my time. And I have a time I could have been either you know watching film, mm-hmm. doing some, or being with my family, the little yeah. bit of time I do have. And that can sour a potential coaching pool going forward of, they're just going to waste your time. They have a guy they want heading into it. And you're just there to check boxes, whether it's the Rooney rule or waste time because they can't just interview one guy and hire him. People talk. People keep that in mind. So, yeah, they're not going to come out and say, Sean Payton's our guy. Which when I read some of these articles, it's just like, why would you think that they, well, they didn't get a commitment from him on Tuesday. Or obviously they oh, didn't. Or they, they let him leave the building. So He's I not going to be the head coach. So I guess they're going to have to talk to D'Amico, Ryans, and Dan Quinn now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and if, the, if one of those two guys gets hired, welcome to that particular cesspool of reporter fan base. And, and, here's, the, and here's the thing that, okay, here's how I would view it if I'm Greg Penner. Mm-hmm. Say Peyton says, yeah, I'm really interested. Great. Thanks, Sean. We still have a couple more people to talk to, and we hope to make a decision by the end of the weekend. We will be in touch. I've, we've enjoyed this. There, you, you bring a lot of positives to the table. There's a lot of, yeah. You know, I, I, it's been a good interview today. I appreciate it. We we want to finish though the the scheduled interviews that we already have. And please put your cart back after you leave. Exactly. And so why why wouldn't you still even if Sean Payton's extremely interested. Why wouldn't you still go talk to Dan Quinn and D'Amico Ryans? Maybe, just maybe, probably not, but maybe, one of those guys changes your mind. And you go, wait a minute, we like Sean Payton. There's positives there, but there's also negatives. For a guy like Dan Quinn, we don't have to give up one or two first-round picks this year, down the road, whatever, players. We don't have to do that. And he's laid out a plan here that makes a lot of sense for us. Maybe D'Amico Ryans just blows him away. When's the interview, right? When's the interview? I still don't think that it's it's time for him or Jiro Vero to be a head coach in this league with this with this organization, considering what's happened the last three head coaches. And it's nothing against them. It's not even their fault. No. Vance Joseph, Vic Fangio, Nathaniel Hackett have screwed any other non-head coach, non-previous head coaching experience candidates. There's a lot of words there. All those guys have screwed the Averos, the Ryans, the Left Witches, if, even if you want to do that. All those guys have kind of tainted the Broncos down that path, right? For me, they have. It's like... I. And it, granted, it's not my team, but when I think of first year, first time head coach coming again, fourth in a row for the Broncos, I cringe. As well, you should for for anybody, particularly if you're a Broncos fan. That that you should go oh, like I like Jiro Vera and what he's done with this defense, but, but he has no head coaching experience. Mm-hmm. D'Amico Ryan, same deal. Can't do this. Just can't. For every Kyle Shanahan, you have 
a handful of Vance Joseph, Vic Fangio, Nathaniel Hackett's, right? Even Kevin Stefanski, moderately successful for the Browns. You don't really get that a lot of times with first-time head coaches. Not everybody's great right out of the gate. That should be evidenced by the last six years in Denver. Here's something, and we'll, we'll get back to the current search in a moment, but let's go back to the previous one. Kevin O'Connell was in that group. One of many of the you know, young, bright, mm-hmm. up-and-coming minds. You know, L.A. Rams offensive coordinator when they won the Super Bowl and gets hired by the Minnesota Vikings. According to Denver Sports and Chris Thomason of the St. Paul Pioneer, and this is an article that came out a while back, that John Elway said that Denver came very close to hiring Kevin O'Connell over Nathaniel Hackett. I tend to wonder how things might have gone. Because of the Vikings, even though they look, they, they lost to the Giants in the playoffs, mm-hmm. they were a playoff team. A team that found a way to win a lot of close football games. Broncos did not have that ability. They no. lost a ton, lost nine one-score football games. And, and you tend to wonder what it would have been, you know, what the Kevin O'Connell staff would have looked like would it have been as young as it was for for Nathaniel Hackett? What that would have looked like if... if would have brought like Ed Donatel back, baby. Yeah. <laughs> if that would have been... If that would have, you know, ultimately, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. O'Connell takes the Vikings to the playoffs. Nathaniel Hackett doesn't even sniff the playoffs, and he gets mm-hmm. fired 15 games into the season. You can't go into your date this weekend... Thinking of, man, I should have went out with this girl years ago. This yeah. this different girl years ago. You can't. As fan base, as an ownership, front office, you yeah. can't be with the, man, we could have had Kevin O'Connell. Because you didn't. You didn't hire him. You got to move on. And you don't know how, I'm assuming it would have gone better. I don't know if it would have been 10 wins or 11 wins in a mm-hmm. playoff appearance. I don't know about that. Probably would have gone better than it did. But like you said, you can't sit around pining about somebody right. that you don't have. It's just it, it's just interesting to look back at that process on how how close they were to hiring a guy that had a lot of success this season in his first year as a head coach. So now you go to to the present, which is the guys that are leading for this job. The two big names are are guys that have coached in this league. Yeah, and so. And that are legitimately successful coaches in this league. Absolutely. And so, with the the teams that are now the... We're focusing on Sean Payton here. The teams that are are vying for his services. You've got the Texans, who he interviewed with, Mm -hmm. virtually. They have the second pick overall. They have the 12th overall pick. This is in terms of compensation to the Saints. Yeah. And they're top five, I believe, in cap room going forward. And keep in mind, or people like, well, because people forgot that. Well, what they have to trade for him? Well, yes, they have to trade for him he's, because he's he's under contract. They didn't. He he walked away from the Saints. They didn't yeah. fire him. No, they have his rights through the twenty four season, from what I read. He signed the five year extension leading up to the twenty nineteen season. So you are correct. He's he's under contract through expires after the twenty twenty four season. So that's two years from now. And so, 
whether or not he decides this time is the time or decides to go back to Fox and keep doing the TV stuff, you're still, if you want him to follow, he's going to have to trade for him still. Yeah. That, that does not change. To paraphrase the million-dollar man, they have a price, and they're going to pay. He's won a Super Bowl, three mm-hmm. trips to the NFC Championship game, seven NFC South titles in his 15 years. Then there was the one year, yeah. 2012. <laughs> Got suspended for Bounty Gate. 152-89 regular season, 9-8 and eight playoff record. That's Those are the numbers for Sean Payton. So... The Texans have the second overall pick and the 12th pick. Cardinals have the third pick overall. Colts have the fourth pick overall. Panthers have the ninth pick overall. Broncos, the 49ers, 2023 first-round pick, which has yet to be determined. Right. Because it's going to be 24 or worse. Right. So it'll be a late first-round pick. Mm -hmm. So if you're just talking about draft picks, just first-round picks, Denver's the least attractive one of the group. And if you're most, just talking about compensation for the mm-hmm. Saints. And the most attractive is if you give up one first-round draft pick for Sean Payton, the Texans still have three over the next two drafts. They have two this year, two next year first-round draft picks. No other team can compete with that. That is currently looking for a head coach, right? So people are like, well, why would he go to the Texans? One, he only finished six games out of first place. Jacksonville, 9-8, and eight, won that division. They're competitive with just a, a better quarterback. I like Davis Mills. I just don't know if he's more than a serviceable backup. With a, with a front-line starting quarterback, they're competitive. They could win that division. You have two first-round draft picks. You have a chance to get two franchise-making players. If you trade one away to get Sean Payton, then you have one. And then next year, you have a chance to get two. And what's that quarterback class going to look like? I think people are discounting the Texans way too quickly. And, like I mentioned early in this conversation, they have like 40-some-odd million. They're fourth in cap room in the NFL right now, or Houston. So, yeah, not only that, you can get a quarterback on a rookie scale and have all the cap room that that brings with it to build around, plus the cap room you already have. And you look at the Texans. The things you talk about, they're big positives. You look at their record and and, and actually look at the schedule mm-hmm. and, and how they competed. They weren't that bad. Lost a three, lost a, you know, to Denver 16-9. Lost a three-point game to the Bears. Lost by 10 to the, the Chargers. Right. They lost by 18 to the Raiders, not good, but they lost by by a, a touchdown to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Lost a lost 20, by eight at the Giants. Yep, lost 24-16 in that one. Lost to to Dallas, just 27-23. They almost they had that game. Yeah, they did. They lost to Kansas City in overtime the next week. And then Jacksonville blew them out the second time around. But Jacksonville was yeah white hot at that exactly, point. and then they. They lost a one point, or they won the one mm-hmm. point game against the Colts in the season. But they they had very few games where they just flat out got manhandled. They just right. got you know blown out of the water and didn't even compete. They didn't really get embarrassed, except the Jacksonville game, losing by eighteen points to what the Raiders turned out to be. That's kind of embarrassing. Losing by thirteen to the Browns at home. That that's kind of embarrassing. 
for what the Browns turned out to be, but they were somewhat competitive. Probably a team that if they get some of those one-score games, probably a five- or six-win team. Yeah. And they have the tie mixed in there to open up the season with the Colts. So... Davis if, Mills wasn't awful. Their defense no. stunk. It's really more more their defense. So they have Pierce, the running back. Mm-hmm. They had a good season, the rookie. I mean, they've, they've got some talent there. They do. It's not. It's it's the defense that, like you said, is their big problem. So could Sean oh, Payton... Old Bronco Royce Freeman down there yeah. running around a little bit. Could Peyton look at that and go, this could be a quick turnaround here. This it could, could be. be. This could be a, we could, I could flip this. And we could be a contender because of the draft picks and, and what is there currently mm-hmm. within a season or two. And I know people like to say that oh, you come in and you bring in uh, Schottenheimer and you'll be able to fix Russell Wilson. Eh, we'll be able to is a very strong statement. If you go big head coach of the Texans, Sean Payton can build a professional quarterback in his image around the skill sets that player has, but he can build one in him in his image. If he's a coach of the Denver Broncos, his quarterback is Russell Wilson and all that Russell Wilson is. But he also could look at it, and I'll be the devil's advocate here, at I'm the guy that resuscitated Russell Wilson's career. I'm the guy that put him back to being an upper-tier quarterback in this league. This team is a playoff contender. Look at the job that I did in fixing one of the biggest problems of this football team heading into the season, and that's getting Russell Wilson back to being Danger Russ and not Danger Rust. What's the more impressive accomplishment? A team that won the Super Bowl seven years ago, getting them back in playoff contention, or Or, or taking Houston... To a Super Bowl for the first time ever. I think that's the more impressive accomplishment. But I don't think that's where Sean Payton is. It's about who's going to compensate him the best. It's where he feels like he has the best right. chance to compete Right, so the whole I now. can fix Russell Wilson shouldn't matter. I don't think that interests him at all. I think it's... Well, I think he knows how to fix him. I think he... Because he's already laid out how he would... He's already talked about how I would fix Russell Wilson. And if I'm him, so, I'm like, you know what? I got that on tape, and if I don't do it, I'm going to be run out of town. Houston, Hello. I just think for a guy like Sean Payton, who's now 59, he's a little bit older than me, that it's it's not like he's on the final days of his coaching life, mm-hmm. but he's going to want to go to a place where, where he feels like that maybe he can contend faster and maybe he feels like Denver will be that. I don't know if that's the case or not. Right, but and just keep this in mind, too. This but is something that has kind of been percolating in my brain for a couple days, and it really started Saturday. We all talk about it. he's got a house in Huntington Beach. He loves being on the West Coast. Warm weather. SoFi Stadium could be looking for two coaches in one year. They could very one well. One year from right now, they could be looking for coaches for the Rams and the Chargers. And Sean Payton, we've heard more rumblings, right, the last four or five days. He could sit out another year. He could. And so let's let's get to that. That's the next thing I was going to get to. Let's forget about whether it's Houston or Arizona or Denver or wherever. Is he going to coach for anybody this year? There's obviously some interest because he is meeting with people. He is interviewing. Mm-hmm. So there's some interest on his part because otherwise he'd say, yeah, I'm still good. I'm, I'm not interested. I'm, I like the Fox TV gig. I'm fine. Interest, but no desperation. Right. And But it's smart on his part. You always take the meeting. Mm-hmm. Keep your doors open, sure. And so he would he would be 
stupid to have not met with any of these teams. You want to see what the interest is. He's too smart of a guy. And so on the Fox pregame show, Michael Strahan asked him, Peyton, to rate from 1 to 10, how likely would it be for Peyton to stay away from coaching again and stick with Fox, 10 being the highest likelihood? Do you know what his answer was? 11. No. Oh, okay. Then no, I don't. Seven. Yeah. If if 10 is the greatest likelihood of staying at Fox and he says seven, teams are going to have to do a really good sell job on him. Now, is that, that because he was sitting on the lot on the soundstage of Fox Sports? With all their the EVPs folded arms looking at him, I wonder how he answers this question. Does Fox TV though view Sean Payton as oh, if we lose Sean Payton, we've lost one of our biggest properties? No, because he hasn't been there long enough to develop much of a a following as an analyst or anything like that. Who? I, so I I don't know if they would care. I yeah. Who would be that person even at Fox? They lost their number one crew to ESPN. Yeah, exactly. And did fine. So I, I don't even know who that would be at this point in time. I, I just think that sure they would like him to stay, but I don't think it's a case where Fox is going. Oh yeah, we got a pony up here to keep him. He's saying it's it's a two. That means we we have a very you know low chance of keeping him here. Mm-hmm. I don't think they felt felt that at all. I think. I think he's looking at it the way he should, that it's a pretty sweet gig. I'm already in L.A. I don't have to fly all across the country, not, late nights, breaking down film. And if he's I don't wrong to, about fixing Russell Wilson in L.A., he doesn't get fired. That he's if wrong. he's wrong about fixing Russell Wilson in Denver, then he is the worst person ever in the history of the world for Broncos. He screwed up, and it was a terrible decision. Yep. And why, why did he send, you know, Current, you know, first round pick this year, future first round pick. Yeah. Why? Why did you do that? Why did you send that to New Orleans to get him when he isn't doing a doing a whole lot better than what we previously had? So there's a lot of talk about Peyton and, and the trade and everything. People are like, well, wait a minute, this this is so uncommon. Mm-hmm. And we've referenced kind of the big one. That's. Do you realize? Do you know how many? coaches have been traded for these are the recent ones this is going back going back to 97 one so one is your guess yes six really like head coaches we'll start with the first one bill parcells patriots to jets 97 compensation was a third round pick 97 fourth round pick 97 Second round pick, 98. First round pick, 99. And they sent $300,000. The second one, Mike Holmgren. Packers to Seahawks, 1999. They got a second round pick for Mike Holmgren. We're going to take the ball and we're going to score. That's all I remember about... Which worked out because because Holmgren got Seattle with Hasselbeck. That's true. They did get to to a Super Bowl. Bowl. Lost to the Steelers. Mm -hmm. Bill Belichick, Jets to Patriots, 2000. Compensation, first round pick in 2000. Fourth and seventh round picks in 2001. Pats also got a fifth round pick, 2001. And a seventh round pick in 2002. John Gruden, Raiders to Buccaneers, 2002. 
two first-round picks, 2002-2003, two second-round picks, 2002-2004, and $8 million for John Gruden to coach Tony Dungy's team to a Super Bowl win. A team that was basically already built with Derek Brooks and company. He got two teams to a Super Bowl that year. Herm Edwards. Jets to the Chiefs, 2000. I didn't realize he was traded. Fourth-round pick for Herm. Seems high. And the last one, Bruce Arians from the Cardinals to the Buccaneers. Six-round pick. Bucks also got a seventh-round pick. So those are your past coaches, recent years, that have been traded. But all those guys were active, too. That's where the Sean Payton wrinkle is. Because he's still an Mm -hmm. active coach. All right, 947, and it's time for... That's the story of the greatest sport moment in all of history. It's time to take a trip back in time. It's This Day in Sports History. All right, go back to 1937. Uh, Napla Joy, Tris Speaker, and Cy Young are elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame in the second year of voting. 1952, the Professional Golfers Association approves the participation of Blacks in Golf. In golf tournaments. 1972, Sandy Koufax of the L.A. Dodgers becomes the youngest player elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame at 36. Yogi Bear and Early Win are also selected. 1974, UCLA's 88-game winning streak, which is still just insane, is snapped and Notre Dame overcomes an 11-point deficit in the final three minutes, 32 seconds, to win 71-70 with 29 seconds remaining. Dwight Clay's jump shot from the right corner gives the Irish the lead. Also, 1992, John Cook is the first golfer in PGA history to chip in on two consecutive holes to win a playoff after he edges Gene Sowers in the Bob Hope Classic. 2004, Colorado's Milan Hayduk scores on a penalty shot 59 seconds into overtime to give the Avalanche a 5-4 win over Tampa Bay. It's the third time an NHL game ended on a penalty shot in overtime. And last... LeBron James becomes the youngest player in 2005 at 20 years, 20 days. In NBA history, to record a triple-double with 27 points, 11 rebounds, and 10 assists in Cleveland's 107-101 win over Portland. That's this day in sports history. We'll take a break and wrap it up next on The Jim Davis Show. First of all, it's hilarious. Warped, twisted individuals. Yes. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. 9.52, 9.52, Jim and the Buckeye Boy, his last show before he goes on his honeymoon vacation. 40th birthday trip yes. as well. Just a reminder, by the way, uh, really appreciated uh, Steve Wojtek coming on from Grand Junction High School. The College Recruiting 101 this Saturday with CMU Associate Head Coach Sean McKinney, Maverick Baseball Recruiting Coordinator. So Sean mm-hmm. knows about this. And it's uh, it's a free seminar that's open to the public, and this is you know, anybody listening here in the Valley along Highway 50, regardless what sport your your son or daughter plays. And it's this Saturday, once again, 5 o'clock at Grand Junction High School in the auditorium there, where Sean McKinney will be there to answer questions about uh, that you might have in regard to your son or daughter getting recruited, and it's for uh, grades 8 through 12, by the way. So that uh, is free this Saturday over at Grand Junction High School. Let's open up the lid and hop in. It's garbage time. We're taking out the trash. It's garbage time on the Jim Davis Show on the team. Oh, I love trash. 
All right, Australia Open's going on right now. Novak Djokovic is playing. Yes, he's been allowed back back into Australia. Mm-hmm. And fans over the years have tried to get under his skin, tried to rattle him. Opponents have tried to rattle him. Well, apparently there was a guy in the stands that got Novak Djokovic, well, got his underwear in a wad, shall we say. The guy was dressed up like Waldo. You know, where's Waldo fame? And I guess the guy was saying some stuff to him, but he got Djokovic off his game. And Djokovic asked the chair umpire to have the guy removed. And then the heckler did leave. Djokovic said, the guy's drunk out of his mind. He's not here to watch tennis. He just wants to get in my head. Apparently he did. Because Novak Djokovic was complaining about it. Who knew that was a thing in tennis, apparently? Do you have anything? Uh, Not anything necessarily, quote, garbage, unquote, time. But if you are in pile picks, get pick them. They are doing picks through the playoffs. So make sure on you get the your website. Picks in. So make sure you go and get your picks in. Where somebody was taken a little back by that last week, I believe. Uh, Jeremy on the half ton of fun bowling team didn't know initially. So yes, we are doing uh, picks yeah. all the way through the playoffs. Yes, so get those in because you're uh, you're going to need them. Powered by Kistner Motors, absolutely. And so get your picks in for the divisional round this weekend. Also, uh, Ole Miss. Coach Lane Kiffin keeps adding the quarterbacks. Former Oklahoma State quarterback Spencer Sanders is now heading to play for the Rebels. Uh, mm-hmm. Sanders, four-year starter for Mike Gundy at Oklahoma State, threw for more than 9,000 yards and rushed for 2,000 while accounting for 85 touchdowns. He joins Jackson Dart. Dart was a transfer from USC, threw for over almost 3,000 yards and 20 touchdowns, rushed for 614 yards. They've also an, added a LSU transfer Walker Howard. So Lane Kiffin's got a lot of quarterback choices heading into this next season, thanks to the transfer portal. That's our show today. Coming up, it's Jim Rome. Tonight, 6.30, Mark Johnson will have the call of the University of Colorado men's basketball team playing host to Washington. Tip-off at 7. Don't miss that one tonight here on the team. For the Buckeye Boy, I'm Jim. Have a great day.